Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence through our contact page at warn-usa.com. You can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Warren Radio is now on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music in Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and PocketCast. Do not miss the featured posts this week. Be sure not to miss the following posts on our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows. On DanaGlennSmith.com Socialist Dreams, Visions, and Sugar Plums America, Seven Abominations On Warren-USA.com and DanaGlennSmith Weeping Over National Sins We look at the sighing and crying for the sins of a nation. Gospel of John, the five prophecies. And you don't want to miss these WIBR Warren radio shows on warren-usa.com. Christian Life series of John and Jude's epistles. Gospel Advocacy Classic. Power of God, Book of Romans, Part 2 on Sound the Shofar. Lord Binds Breach, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 75 on Battle Lines. And do not miss these Warren Radio episodes from the week of July 12th through the 14th. Wednesday's Advocacy Show, Faith in in Christ Jesus, Missions, Pakistan, Myanmar, Persecutions at Warren Radio. Thursday's Isaiah series, I Will Revive, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 180 on Battle Lines. And Friday's Sound the Shofar, Perilous Times, Casual Effect, Rejuvenating Hope in Christ, Part 2. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana G. Smith. The Rising continues the story of Mac, a former black ops sniper, and details the takeover of America. Hidden within the storylines of The Rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. You can get your copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram. And you can also find the Rising eBook on Google Play. And now I welcome in the Watchman.
You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Well, it's been a beautiful summer. Yes, it has. Now it's going to start getting hot. Well, you just told me that it was going to get cooler tomorrow. Tomorrow will be cooler, and then it's going to go back to the 90s, high 80s. You know, really, that's... You know, uh, there are places that are a lot hotter than that. Yeah. I spoke with a person today from that lives in Phoenix, and it was 105. That person said they stay in their apartment, and they (laughs) have everything delivered so they don't have to go out. I don't blame them. It'd be too hot for me. Yeah. So 90s are tolerable, I think. After that... Over 100, that's a little warm. Well, you know, Phoenix and Arizona can get really, really hot. Mm-hmm. A lot hotter than that. You know, but uh, I don't know. I haven't been paying much attention to the weather. So at any rate, we are... Our upfront one today is weeping over national sins. And... As you well know, if you've listened at all, you know I pick out one of our articles that are on our websites. This is a recent one. And uh, we go through it a little bit. We talk about it. Uh, And so up front, it's weeping over national sins. So I'm going to start this. Weeping over national sins. Now, in the introduction of this, uh, Tower did cover this and she read the the part where it says we look at the sighing and crying for the sins of a nation weeping over national sins you know I can't remember a time when people were weeping over America like that now during 911 we were weeping You know, because of what happened. But it wasn't long. Like today, you can look and we're divided. And they're doing all they can, the Democrats, and Biden's administration to lock Trump up. And, you know, this is is how crooked this administration is. And... um, yeah, you, know, you think about it, you know. Now, the whole article, we do talk about this from this from the standpoint, you know, of America and what's going on. But the scriptural part of this is out of Ezekiel 9:4, weeping over national sins. Where the Lord tells Ezekiel to go through the midst of the city 
and through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark or a tab or a ta. That's the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And you put that on the foreheads of the men that sigh, mourn, and groan, and that cry or shriek and groan for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Now, there is a reason they're doing that, because when judgment comes, there are going to be those that that <laughs> are going to be okay, relatively so. And... You know, when you look at America, you know, when we're really talking about weeping over national sins, we're also talking about laying prostate before the Lord. Um, and this is one thing that should be happening today. Amen. That's right. We have a ton of troubles here. And we do have murder. We have blood guilt on our hands. And we have robberies, lying, cheating, thieving, stealing, you know, uh, the list goes on. And and we have an ongoing leftist takeover of America. And so we got a lot of issues here. But the problem that we have is how do you convince America that this nation's in trouble? How do you convince Joe Biden and his administration that they should not be doing to Trump what they're doing to him? And there's a reason for that. Because he didn't do anything. That's right. They should have done something right away. But instead, this is political because Trump is way ahead in the polls. So what do socialist countries do when they have someone that is doing real good at an election and the local people vote for him? Well, they throw him in jail or they kill him. And I've seen this over and over and over again in the history. And in my lifetime, I've seen it. And so has Tower. And so when you talk about the backers of America's takedown, and and there are people that are betting on destroying America. One of them is George Soros, who has handed everything over to his son. But see, this article is not just about George Soros or America's takedown. You know, the big question of it is, there are sins in America that are grievous. Many sins. And there's also many sins of the nations. But see, I don't live in those nations. So this article is about America and her sins. And so the way it's going in America, you know, because when you look at what, what a lot of people are doing, you know, we was reading the article, an article today, I think Tower seen it, where they were chaining their freezers shut because they had been robbed so many times. That was a Walgreens in San Francisco, and they'd been robbed 20 times in one day. That was an ongoing thing, 20 times in a day. So they closed the freezers. 
And see, we see this kind of thing all the time. And so, what, what happens to a society when they get to the point that they don't care who they rob or how many times, and, and there's no um, regard for human life in the inner cities and a lot of other places. And the law enforcement has no power. Yeah, because the politics has taken it away. And so we ask the question, actually there's two. Does anyone really care about anybody else other than themselves? And the other one is, is anyone in the church, you know, are they really seeing America's blatant sins? Well, in the article that I'm talking about, Weeping Over National Sins, we look at the sighing and the crying for the sins of the nation. In other words, grieving and seeking God over the national sins of the nation called America. The nations of men are in rebellion against the Lord God and His Son. But you and I live in America, and the question is, do the national personal sins bother you at all? As for many Americans, I'm sure they have encountered this wave of modernism and new morality. It has been growing for 30 years at least, because Tower and I have tracked it. We have, we have watched it. It is, and so... The real beginning of all this lawlessness began in the turbulent 60s. And it was my generation from teen to young adult. But it has gotten even more widespread in the last 10 to 15 years. And I think it really began uh, around the year 2000. And so be sure to check out this article. Weeping over national sins. And while you're at it, leave a comment. What do you think? Weeping over national sins. Go to DanaGlynSmith.com or Warn-USA.com And this article should be on the front of the websites. So check these out. You know, there's a lot at stake here, and you need to know what I'm talking about. So that is weeping over national sins. You know, when I was growing up, I never thought we'd have to do that. Nope. So we're over in Nigeria, which is a mess. You know, I think Nigeria is one of the worst ones today. Now, International Christian Concerns website is persecution.org. That's persecution.org. This is about Nigeria. And we begin with the Fulani militants who killed eight people. And that's including an eight-month-old baby girl. Boy, that is They tragic. did that on a Sunday night. That's tragic. And that makes me think a lot of things. The gunmen, the Fulanis... 
raided the village, shot sporadically at the victims who were headed home for the night. The eight-month-old and her father were returning from the hospital when they were gunned down. You know, that is just... You know, the nations can be so cold to this. This is wrong. Yes, you it know, is. We're so busy with stupid things. In America, we can't keep these people in the inner cities from stealing stuff. We can't keep them from killing one another. We have got some of the worst inner city statistics, I think, in the entire world. Yeah. And we are so busy... You know, being blatantly idiotic, just absolutely wicked, dumbfoundedly stupid, refusing to repent or see anything. The Democrats are too busy, you know, trying to impeach Trump, and so they haven't succeeded in the past, so they throw every charge in the book at him and hoping something will stick. See, what we need is people to come together. We need people to repent because we need to stop these gunmen, Fulani militants, and others that we report on on a Wednesday night because the governments are not going to do anything. Not much. We've been doing this for a long time, and I'm yet to see a government actually try to solve an issue here. And the issue for Nigeria has been since... Uh, Jonathan Goodluck Johnson was the president there. There was nothing. They couldn't do anything to stop the Fulani. Of course, at the time, you know, it, it was. I now think it's it was. Worse. Uh, now, now it's worse since uh, Jonathan Goodluck Johnson is gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And so. A lot of these groups were trained, you know, and learned about jihad from Boko Haram. See, we report this, but see, the, the sad thing of it is, is that these are real mothers and fathers and kids. They're really getting killed. They're really getting murdered. You see entire villages slaughtered. And I want to know why these governments in these countries where this occurs, why they don't stop it. They always have an excuse. I've been hearing excuses too long. I am sick of reporting this and knowing that the government won't do anything, knowing that the Fulani, if they miss the Christians 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, they can hit them the next Sunday at 10 a.m. Yeah. You see, the targets are easy. The targets don't have the guns. The Fulani and the others that are killing them, they come in on motorcycles with a machine gun. They come in on a four, big four-wheeler with a great big machine gun, 80 caliber or something. And, and they're slaughtering people. And yet nobody except the ones who are murdered, you know, their families, they're the only ones 
that are mourning. Now, there are Christian workers that are bothered by this. And the people work to alleviate it. But see, this attack, now this is in central and northern Nigeria, the terrorist attacks there have been rising. And of course, the Fulani, you know, they always come up anymore. They're infamous anymore. They unleash terror on innocent citizens in the communities. And this is in the areas of the Plateau State. Uh, and this has been uh, raising since the 2023 general elections. Of course, the Fulani are majority Muslim. And the Fulani is one of the world's largest nomadic ethnic groups. Now, it is noted that the Fulani, not all of them, are murderous. In fact, they, they do live at peace with their neighbors. But there are militant Fulanis, and of course, around the world, you're going to find militant Muslims, whether they're Fulanis or whether they're from some other portion of the world other than Africa. And these people kill, slaughter, maim, steal. They do anything they can. Now, see, we look at a 20-year genocide, and we, we see the Fulani, who are both armed and Islamic, who have killed tens of thousands of Christians, and they've left more than 3 million homeless in 20 years. That's horrible. Now, Jeff King, who is the president of International Christian Concern, says Christian communities in the middle belt of Nigeria have effectively suffered a 20-year-long genocide. And he asks, where is the outcry? Yeah. That's what I ask. That's a good question. Where is the effective action? And see, all the military and everything is all controlled by Muslims. Nobody does anything. They just let these Fulani kill the believers. Why do you think that there was a crusade to stop the Muslims from spreading their terror, taking over the world, and killing everybody in sight? But we sit comfortable in our stinking homes, globally, in our countries, and we live unto ourselves while there are certain groups that are being slaughtered. And, and another instant is, is in China, what they do to both Christians and, the, and uh, uh, the Uyghurs over there. And then, of course, you have North Korea, who, who treats all their Christians terrible. And see, they continue to do it. Nobody's going to stop them. But there's coming a day that the Lord's going to stop this. And he's going to hold these turkeys accountable. 
And there's going to be a big turkey roast at the end of days. What and did... you're going to be the featured course, but nobody's going to eat you. We're going to burn your soul in hell for what you've done to these people. You will burn. Unless you repent. Remember, <laughs> the grace of God is still there. And your version of giving people hope is to murder people, innocent people. Of course, we also find the radical Hindus doing the same thing. We also find the communist government oppressing people and the North Korean government. So it's not just radicalized Muslims and Hindus, but it's governments of men. The biggest threat to people today on this earth is their own government. And as sitting in America the way I do for the first time in my whole life, and I've been warning about this. Tower and I knew about this. We knew it was coming. We have to watch out for our own government because they are corrupt to the core. That's right. So Joe Biden and all those with him, the DOJ, every scrap of lawmakers there, none of them have proven themselves worthy. But this is a global problem because we are in perilous times. Oh, man. Yes, we are. So remember, International Christian Concern, you can go to their website at persecution.org. And this is about Nigeria and the Fulani. And I give you their website because go on over there, take a look at it, and give them some support through prayer and money. Give them a donation and help them to meet the needs of all these that are hurting. And every one of these groups that uh, these Christian charity groups they also help the unbeliever too. They're out there, they're willing to help people. Samaritan's Purse does it all the time as well. So pray for the persecuted church, but you want to help these people to put boots on the ground in troubled areas so we can get help to them. So remember that. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> this story comes to us from Bibles for Mideast. And it's a challenging but victorious mission trip to um, Tamil Nadu, and it's um, Tamil Nadu is in the southernmost Indian state, and Pastor Paul recently led a secretive and dangerous evangelis evangelism mission to that part of the state. And the ministry was successful, and many people accepted Lord Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, he reports, and thanks all who prayed. As in the rest of India, the vast majority of the population of Tamil Nadu follow Hinduism, with Christians and Muslims forming small religious minorities. Christians face persecution on all sides, from Hindus, Muslim, police, and government officials. 
With so much persecution and so many resulting restrictions, we cannot reveal much about the exact location and details of this latest adventure, except to thank and praise the Lord for his help and guidance as so many new citizens join the heavenly ranks. We badly need prayers and support for the children of God for our precious ministries, Pastor Paul added. And um, Bibles for the Mideast is an underground ministry serving the Middle East and a number of nearby countries. A total of 17 nations make up the Middle East alone, with an estimated population of 411 million as of June of 2026. See, as of 2016, while Islam remains the largest religion in the region, thousands of people secretly believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Living in mostly highly restricted areas, they hunger and thirst for the Word of God. By God's grace, we distribute Bibles free of charge, establish home churches for new believers. We have volunteer ministries and a number of gospel teams in this area and other countries in South Asia and Africa. Many of our gospel team members have converted to Christianity from Islam, some from Hinduism, and, and all operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Ex experienced in effective personal evangelism. They also conduct crusades and pastor house churches. That's good. That's a good ministry, Dana. Yes, it is. And bless the, may the Lord bless them richly. And we know of Bibles for the Mideast. Well, we've had stories out of there where he's reported on Muslims seeing, you know, Christ being given visions of the Lord and converting to Christianity. That's right. We had a lot of stories from him. So that's encouraging. So yeah, please yeah, pray for them. We're with Barnabas Aid, BarnabasAid.org. This is about Myanmar. Of course, our topic is persecuted Christians. But the one thing about it, and in the last one that Tower did, we talked about Bibles for the Mideast. They're, they're not called Bibles for the Mideast for nothing. Because there is a great call for Bibles in people's own language worldwide. And it has been told us by these same people that they would rather have a Bible. You know, if you're going to give them something, and they only had one thing, they would take a Bible over food. So, and because, you know, we're talking about Christian persecution and trouble uh, in Myanmar. They've had a lot of trouble. And there has been, everywhere you go, there's some kind of a radical Muslim group that are fighting or doing something. And what this does is cause trouble and people are run out of their homes. But the, the thing about this story is an 83-year-old man by the name of Ming He says, after 68 years of praying, can you imagine that, Tower? No, I would have probably given up. God has answered my prayers today. 
I received a free Bible. This is the happiest and most joyous day in my life. That is just amazing. Yeah, it, what is really amazing, besides the fact that he prayed for 68 years for his own Bible, he when he heard that uh, Barnabas, um, you know, his answers were... His prayers were answered when Barnabas funded the delivery of Bibles in his native language to IDP camps in remote villages. And when he heard the good news, the Bibles were be given, given away for free. He said he was so happy, but the road from his village to the town was impassable. The track that motorbikes could use um, was impassable because it was a rainy season. So here he walked. 97 miles to receive a Bible. The answer to his faithful prayers. Isn't that amazing, Dana? It is amazing. Thank and, you, Lord. Uh, 97 miles he walked. You know, the other thing about Ming, he, he has fled eight times to different villages, escaping from the Tatmada, which is the Myanmar military. And they regularly burn and bomb the Christian ethnic minority groups. That's horrible. So, it's so Christians terrible. need God's word to sustain them through this cruel persecution. Now, see, Ming accepted Christ when he was 12 years old. Wow. And he eagerly copied out scripture texts from his uncle's very old Bible. He memorized as much as he could, and a year later was thrilled to be given the remains of a battered Bible from which many pages had been lost. I was so happy because I had at least some of the words of God. Do you, do you see anything here? You know, they were, they were burning Bibles in a protest. Of course, they, they also burned a couple of other holy books. But we're... <laughs> You know, when you're rich and in need of nothing, like America was, your heart drifts away from the Lord. Yes. And you don't know right from wrong. And so, you know, in some of these areas, they're so hard to get around in. That's the, that's the issue, too. And you add the military that wants to kill you. Yeah, this is it's amazing. Here we ha live in America, and we have Bibles everywhere. Yeah. Families that are Christians have more, more than one a person. And the Christians in Myanmar are forced to remain on the run <coughs> because they're mercilessly hunted down by the Tatmada, the Myanmar military. <coughs> And they're often unable to rescue more than their own children in the clothes they wear. See, while the stories are good and Ming got a Bible, but the story behind it is gut-wrenching. And, and there again, here you go. Why isn't someone doing something with my Myanmar? Can't anybody control it? 
you know, so they just go on. I mean, there's no solution. Yeah, there will be a solution coming. But I want to see solutions. I want to see the people protected. I want to see them, you know, I want to see smiles on their faces. I want to see the kids clean and happy and being children. I don't like this stuff. I don't either. I don't like what's going on in America. But I know very well because I have been prophesying. The Lord has been giving me the words. And I mean, well, I don't even want to go into it. But this stuff does not catch me off guard. Nor tower. We know the days we live in. We have been warning for a long time. And we know that the majority of people are not going to listen. We know that in the end, the powers of darkness are going to have a time that will settle upon the planet. And during that power of darkness, the one which God allows for a short time, this same power of darkness you can read about in the Gospels when it happened to overcome the Lord on his trek to the cross. It was their time to crucify him. There is a power of darkness. And the only thing that will stop it will be the coming of the Lord. So if you're not ready, you need to get ready. And you know, the next one, we're talking this, this is from Mission Network News Online. MissionNetworkNewsOnline.org MissionNetworkNewsOnline.org That's a good little, um, good little ministry and online it gives you news and various things. Turkey had an earthquake and one-fifth of Turkey's Christians died in the February wow. earthquake early, earlier this year. A fifth. That's, a, that's just yeah. awful. Now, in total, 45,000 people were killed across southern Turkey. It was a 7.8 magnitude quake that hit in early February. And the devastation to a small Turkish Christian population was far worse than anybody realized. Now, we've got a new one here. We have talked about these before, this one before. Not much, because we don't come across it much. This is Forget Forgotten Missionaries International. You know, Tower, you, you wouldn't believe how many of these groups are out there, these well, Christian groups. And the guy that's with it is Bruce Allen. I don't know him. And I don't uh, do anything with for Forgotten Missionaries International. But if you want to help these people out, you know, all these groups, we tell you they're available online. You can check them out. You know, there are a few that we can absolutely verify, you know, because we've known them a long time. 
end of them. But uh, most of them you're just going to have to go look at and see and read and ask them. But at uh, any rate, Forgotten Missionaries International, Bruce Allen, visited Christians they work with in Turkey. In the past, we've been saying that out of a population of 85 million people, it was estimated that perhaps there were 10,000 evangelical Christians in the country. Now I've been told that number is probably only 8,000 due to the number of Christians who died in the earthquake. So they say that means one-fifth of Turkey's Christian population was killed in the earthquake. Now you know what I'm reminded of here. That when you see Christians or the righteous dying, God has taken them away from the things that come. That's true. And that is a scripture, and that is a truth. And so God does that. Now they don't have to worry. You know, these people are now safe. And one of the, you know, one of the groups of people that were killed is the pastor and his family. Pastor Hakin Konur, his wife and their son, Yoel, they were killed in the February 2023 earthquake. And have you ever heard of Antioch in the Bible? Yes. Well, modern day Antioch has been decimated. And this is where the first century, the Christ followers were first of all the Christians. That's where they were called Christians. And there had been a vibrant community of believers in Antioch up till the earthquake. But the church there in Turkey are supporting one another and they're reaching out to their Muslim neighbors. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Samaritan's Purse is still in Turkey. A lot of them are still in Turkey. And this guy says that people from Muslim backgrounds are hearing about Jesus Christ for the first time and they're placing their faith in it. That's good. Thank you, Lord. You know, so there, there again, you can go to Mission Network News online. I think the website is mnnonline.org. Yeah. And while you're there, you might be able to find out another article by um, the Forgotten Missionaries online. Now, they're in this story, but... Uh, and this is what uh, MMN Online does. You know, they do stories like this. And many times uh, they have ministries in it that you may have never heard of. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of the Lord when the apostles found someone else preaching in the name of Christ. And they forbade him. And the Lord says, don't, don't forbid him. For he who is with us is not against us. And, 
you know, we're we're in Christ together. Christ is the is the body and we're all in him. And so you need to develop a a prayerful presence before the Lord for the believers globally. And you're you're part of this. If you're a Christian, you're part of the family and you need to understand these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so the way we reach out is by we we take one of our shows and we dedicate it to the persecuted church. This is our advocacy for the persecuted church. And if you have any other questions about them, you can go to our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Send us a contact. You just get to our contact page, fill it out, what you're concerned about, and send it to us. And if there's, you know, if you have an email or something, and if it meets our criteria, yeah, we can we can answer it. But we get a lot of email, and uh, you know, we're looking for people. You know, if if you want an answer, yeah, we can provide it. You know, if we can, we can provide it. But maybe we can help you know where to look. But at any rate. Remember your brothers and sisters in Christ. There again, I wish this would stop, but it's not going to. You know, and there was another another one of these things, uh, these earthquakes over in Turkey, I thought. I remember another I'm, one. I'm not sure. Uh, and this has been a number of years ago. Oh, yes. I remember that one. Yes, it's been a number of years. And it you did know, a lot so, of damage, too. And I remember it was because of the buildings. You know, the buildings, their building code wasn't very good. And that's why they were all dying. So, you know, that's the only way these people are going to be helped. Are you ready? Yes. This story comes to us from MorningStarNews.org, and it's uh, a Pakistan widow. She was murdered, um, and her family is seeking justice and protection after four Muslims abducted, gang-raped, and killed a widow for refusing to convert to Islam and marry the primary suspect. So in the killing of 40-year-old Shazia Imran, last month, the assailant slashed her neck and doused her with acid, her brother Zafar said, though it's not known if the acid burns came before or after her death. The primary suspect has complained to the kill, has confessed to the killing, according to police. Shazia's husband also was killed a year and a half ago, and the family has seen no justice in the case either, as police cast it as an accident, said her brother Zafar. You know, this is terrible. It is horrible. I just can't imagine how you know, they the can be so wicked to do this. They act as if this these aren't real people. Yeah. These are real people. 
real families. It's it's very heartbreaking, and and my heart goes out to her family, her children. She left three children, or it, this murder left three children without a mother and a father. And this came from Pakistan, right? Yeah. Yes, and Shazio began working as a nanny at a daycare center at the Lahore University of Management Sciences after her husband's death. She left her rented home in Lahore's Mehar town for work on June 6, but did not return, Zafar said. He said that the primary suspect, no man, known as Manny, was a notorious area criminal and has been pressuring her to convert to Islam after her children, or along with her children, and marry him. Shasiz did not share this with her family due to fears for their security, but three days before her abduction, she told another relative that Manny had threatened to kill her if she did not surrender to his demands. And after Shazia's oldest son, 16, informed Zafar that he, she had not returned home, he and other relatives began searching for her, unable to find her, and they informed the police of her dis disappearance on June 7th. Later in the day, they received a call from the higher police station that they found a body from a plot that matched Zazia's description. So Zavar, the family went immediately to the police station, but when we saw the body, we could not believe our eyes. Shasia's juggler vein had been slit with a sharp object, and her body had been badly burned by acid. And a forensic examination revealed that she had been gang-raped before being killed. Well, again, this is in Pakistan, mm -hmm. so... Uh, you know, justice for Christians in Pakistan is lacking. Yes, very lacking. And he he uh, uh, confessed to the murder, and but the police they arrested him, but they seemed uninterested in arresting three other suspected accomplices, which is Manny's brother and two cousins. The accused are very influential, and they have been persistently threatening us to reconcile and withdraw the case. And someone was That's murdered. That's what Zafar said. Someone was murdered, and their yeah. own mother. And these idiot Wicked. police won't do nothing. And yeah. the reason they don't is because they all go to the same mosque together. Yeah. The police do. And, and so they're not interested in helping Christians. Christians are the lowest part of the earth in Pakistan and India. So, um, and due to these threats, they have been forced to go into hiding, you know, uh, her family, and are not even free to pursue the case. Manny is still in police custody, but we doubt that we'll get justice for our sister, as the police bias is evident by its indications against or by its inaction against the remaining accused. Zavar said the incident has traumatized Shazia's children, the oldest 
as well as a seven-year-old and a six-year-old, and her elderly mother is taking care of them. We have lost all hope for justice and appeal to our church leaders and government officials to provide justice and security to us. That is so tragic, Dana. Yeah, it is. And that follows the same theme. And we've seen this in Pakistan and India both, where the police, even though they have somebody that did it, they refuse to prosecute. They tell them to withdraw the claim. You know, it's just like, you know, well, yeah, it's too bad she got killed, but, you know, she is a Christian. and So they're the lowest of their dogs. They're not worth anything. It's not even worth our time to prosecute. You know, and we see that so much. You know, so if America ever did find real persecution, I don't know what America would do. Nope. Because I don't know if America has real faith or not. You know, the faith of America is at one inch deep and a mile wide. You know. Well, that's going to change here pretty soon. Yeah. Well, we need to pray for the family. BarnabasAid.org. Remember that. BarnabasAid.org. Now, uh, this is kind of interesting. They rolled out a drink over there. I think it's a drink. It's a maze. It's a porridge is what it is. They call it EPAP in Zimbabwe. (laughs) <laughs> and it's nutrition rich. So you can give them a bowl of porridge. They they say similar to oatmeal. And they distribute it through 131 churches, which is over a million servings. Wow. And two months of EPAP is enough to cure diseases caused by a nutrient deficit deficient diet. And what it meant was 11,700 believers had more than enough to substantially improve their health. Well, that's amazing. And so South Africa, the shipment of EPAP came from South Africa. And, uh, of course, the people that received it had to distribute it. And uh, since November, Barnabas has sent over 300 tons of EPAP to nourish hungry Christians in Zimbabwe. That's November of 2020. Yeah, 2020. 300 tons. That's amazing. That's incredible. 5.5 million EPAP servings. And of course, Zimbabwe, they're in a real bad way over there when it comes to food. They have grain shortage. They had COVID-19. They had droughts, hyperinflation. And all of that, because of the conflict in Ukraine, you can't get the stuff in.
and so they gave priority to distribute it to vulnerable children, the sick, elderly, and disabled, and pregnant, and breastfeeding mothers. Yeah, you can't have a breastfeeding father, uh, father unless you're in America. <laughs> you know, only in America are we so perfect over here that we can figure out that men can have babies and periods and yeah. You know, we're so full of baloney in, in this country, it, it's a wonder that we're still standing. Yeah. God help us. I know. So at any rate, you can go to Barnabas Aid and find the project PR1555. That's PR1555, food.gives. And... Uh, just go to BarnabasAid.org and look for their donate page. You know, this is something you need. And of course in Ukraine, they, they serve a lot of millet over there. They grow a lot of millet. Where so is I, that in Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah, but because of that war, a lot of that's been stopped. Well, we're going to have to get out of here, Mom. We're oh, gonna... are we? Okay, well, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. It's always a pleasure to have you here with us. We love you. We pray for you. Please pray for your brothers around and sisters around the world. They need your prayers and your help. So please pray, and thank you for all you do for the Lord. May God richly bless you. Pray for us as we pray for you. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go to our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Remember also, you can check our contact uh, page and send us an email, or you can, if you have any inquiries whatsoever, just go there. Until next time, take care of yourself. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Remember, we win. Yes. We are overcomers through Christ. And every Christian that dies or is killed or murdered, they're in the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So remember that. We are living in perilous times. Death is not our enemy because of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we don't need to be fearful, but we do need to help our brethren overseas. And it's clear the nations of men are not interested in helping. Christians are. That's about it. Till next time. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.